You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lori Love. Downplaying the significance of a memo released by Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee, as NPR's Tamara Keith reports, that memo is a point-by-point rebuttal of a Republican memo released earlier this month. The Republican memo claimed the Justice Department relied heavily on an opposition research document known as the Steele dossier when obtaining a warrant for surveillance of former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor Carter Page. The Democratic memo, which was redacted to avoid revealing sensitive intelligence, says, among other things, that the warrant request was based on much more than the dossier and included, quote, compelling evidence and probable cause to believe Page was knowingly assisting plan destined Russian intelligence activities. President Trump called into Fox News Saturday night. Certainly the memo was a nothing. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders called it politically driven and designed to undercut the president. Tamara Keith, NPR News. China's ruling Communist Party has proposed a change to the country's constitution that would allow the president and vice president to stay in power for more than two terms. China's state news agency power for more than two terms. China's state news agency says the proposal was made public today. The BBC's Celia Hatton reports. This is the announcement many observers have been expecting. China's president, Xi Jinping, has become the dominant figure of his generation in Chinese politics. 
He commands the loyalty of the ruling party's various factions, the military and the business elite, making him the most powerful leader since the country's revolutionary founder, Mao Zedong. Until now, the rules said no leader could serve more than two consecutive five-year terms. In theory, Mr. Xi is set to step down from his current role in 2023, though there's long been speculation he might push to stay on as president, since he's already defied tradition and has yet to nominate an obvious successor. The BBC's Celia Hatton reporting. Christian clergy have temporarily closed the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. NPR's Daniel Estrin reports from Jerusalem that the rare move is in protest of Israeli measures against church communities. A Catholic church official said the Church of the Holy Sepulchre would be closed for two and a half hours. It's a symbolic protest against Israeli efforts to compel churches here to pay property taxes and an Israeli building being proposed to expropriate some church land. According to the tradition, the church houses the tomb of Jesus. The body of the Reverend Billy Graham has reached the library bearing his name, ending a journey which took him down North Carolina roads lined with mourners, paying their final respects. His body will lie in repose for two days. Graham died on Wednesday. This is NPR. Coming up next on the serious side. Republicans earlier this month released a memo suggesting that the FBI abused its surveillance power to monitor former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. They alleged that the FBI requested a warrant based on information from someone who had an anti-Trump bias. But today's memo, which is authored by Democrats, alleges that, alleges that the FBI actually had an independent basis, separate from the information in the infamous dossier, to believe Page was knowingly helping Russian intelligence. Can you tell me right now that you will not accept a single donation from the NRA? I, there, that, that is the wrong way to look. First of all, the answer is people buy into my agenda. You can say no. second, well, I... I Many in legacy media love mass shootings. You guys love it. Now, I'm not saying that you love the tragedy, but I am saying that you love the ratings. Crying white mothers are ratings gold. Your reaction to this news that we just learned a few hours ago about how the security detail who did have a weapon didn't enter the building. Your reaction to that? Well, you know, as, as a father, Laura, and thank you for having us, it's just maddening to hear that news. You know, when you, when you put your faith in the law enforcement to act to protect your children, and then they fail to act, it's just inexcusable. Arming teachers in the classroom is a controversial idea being promoted by President Donald Trump to prevent school shootings. If you harden the sites, you're not going to have this problem because these guys who lack courage will never go into those schools. All right, we got breaking news in Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. A source telling NBC News, former Trump campaign aide Rick Gates is expected to plead guilty today. An indication he is cooperating with the special counsel. Can you just put this in perspective? So Rick Gates, at this moment, possibly pleading guilty, cooperating with Mueller, at the same time.
time, President Trump's audience at CPAC, what are they chanting? Lock her up. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is February 25th, 2018, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. And of course, I'm your guy, J. Ryle. I am glad to be here on such a beautiful day, hopefully in your neck of the woods, because it is storming like it is just ridiculous here in the great state of Texas. And before I go any further, my thoughts and prayers to people who are affected by storms throughout the continental United States. May uh, you have uh, God's speed, and we hope that uh, everything ends up well. I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. gets the first and last word. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Hey, what's going on, brother? How are you feeling this morning? I'm doing good, Mr. L.E.S., but I'm glad you are in the house. Thank you so much for being here. Dr. Princess Odilla is doing what Dr. Princess Odilla does. And, of course, our uh, colleague and the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit, will join us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. The number is 347-850-1272. You can be a part of the conversation. You can either reach out, uh, go to our world-famous chat room and participate, or you can hang out on social media sites. Our resident, the official texter of the uh, serious side, Johnny D, is in the house. Can't wait to hear from that, brother. Just have a great show. A lot to get into this morning, uh, as it is every morning. Uh, it's been nonstop for the past, well, 13 months with uh, Agent wow. Orange in the White House. So once again, the number is 347 A lot to get into. We're going to talk about Jay. demo, demographic. Yes, sir. There's something wrong with our number this morning. Uh, I'm getting uh, messages, and then I just called and said the number that they call is not a working number. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh that is not good, and uh, unfortunately, yeah. I don't think there's anything we can do about it. Uh, and you're right, there's no one on the switchboard. I'm thinking, okay, maybe people don't want to hear. Uh, I'm not sure, guys. All I'm going to say to you is please keep trying. If you can't lock in and listen, I know sometimes most of you guys use your phones um, uh, as a mobile device to listen while you're on the move, but you can do this as well. Uh, in your car, what you can do is you can go to the website and type in, uh, go to www.blogtalkradio uh, backslash TGRS Radio Network. You should be able to listen to the broadcast there. If you are sitting in front of your machines, you can go to the website as well and listen live. Uh, I am not sure how to fix that. And um, I guess what we can do is we can try throughout the course of the show Maybe what we can do, Ms. Delias, and I'm not sure if you're in, maybe you can try to get in contact with the help desk on Blog Talk and let yeah, them know have some issues with our phones. Um, unfortunately, you know, this is the format and the form in which we reside. And uh, that's why we need to get on serious. need to get on serious FM. You guys need to push that. 
get us out there. We'd love to be able to be reached outside of this form, uh, this format, because uh, we've had so many problems with this thing throughout the years. That, uh, but it's our home. It's the only place we can go. Now there are websites like uh, Player FM that broadcasts the show live as well. You can go to uh, the other black, the other BTR Black uh, Talk Radio. Uh, the show stream there. I mean, the show is streamed on a lot of different formats, which I'm not aware of, uh, but they, but it is because there are other websites that tap into this website and stream it. Now I'm not sure. Let me back. Let me back up. I'm not sure if it's streaming live or if the stream picks up after the live show is over. I know that you can find the show out there in those mediums. I also know that you can go to iTunes and listen to the show as well. So there are different places to go in and listen to the show. And unfortunately, I just wish we could do a better job of uh, getting it out to other places and other people and things of that nature. So hopefully, guys, you guys can get in. If not, go to the website. You can definitely listen to the show there. Once again, the number is 347 I'm not sure if I should continue to give it out, Mr. Elias. They can't get in. <laughs> Which is difficult because now, you know, we can't get our guests in here either. So uh, um, hopefully they'll get this fixed, and we'll see what's going on. All right, a lot to get into this morning. Um, I'm looking at our breakdown. Uh, the Democratic uh, memo was released uh, uh, last week. I mean, earlier, matter of fact, I think it was yesterday. Uh, you know, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the tragic shooting uh, that happened in Parkland, Florida. We're going to still have that conversation, and we're going to dig into that conversation. We're going to talk about guns, and we're going to talk about arming school teachers. That's something that the president uh, has recommended, and uh, we're going to have a conversation about the Russian probe. So it's all Trump all day, and people may wonder why, because we need people to understand what is going on here. And uh, we're going to continue to beat the drum to make sure folks realize that we have a nincompoop in the White House and that we need to call him out when he's doing ridiculous stuff. So our number one priority in life is to make sure that his presidency goes under, we put it under surveillance, Mr. Elias. We're going to call this guy out every time he does something ridiculous, and that's what we're going to do. And you know my favorite words, you know, three words I always use. If you don't like what we're talking, change the channel. Go do something Thank else. Thank you. All right, once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, like I mentioned, the Democrats, uh, uh, they released their memo. Their memo was released uh, this, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, heavily redacted, Mr. Elias. But a lot of the Democrats are saying that, okay, regardless of all the blackouts and all the, you know, the, the, the way it was edited, their memo still contradicts and also goes out and sets the record straight on that nonsense that Devin Nunes put out there. Your thoughts on the Democratic memo? What do you think, what type of impact do you think that's going to have, if any? None for the, uh, the none for the Trump supporters because they don't listen to anything. I, I watched a video online the other day where a newscaster was at a woman's house that says, hey, you know that the group that you were in was uh, Russian supported, and and she said no, it wasn't. It wasn't with Russia, and and and, it, and she said, well, the intelligence community are saying that this group was with Russia, and she said no, it wasn't. I don't believe y'all just against Trump. No matter what this guy does, man, they're not gonna, they're not going to uh, turn against him. They're not gonna say he did anything wrong. But the bottom line is once. 
that the uh, the, the, the American people and these young people in Florida are seeing what's going on. They're gonna they're gonna turn that state different. I think Florida's gonna turn different. I think I think Marco Rubio is gonna have a bunch of problems getting reelected this year. I really do. You know, I'm testing uh, uh, the number. It looks like all the circuits are busy now. I'm not sure what's going on with the small lines. It's just unfortunate. All circuits are busy now. I also think that, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, you can go to the website and click, and you can listen or call in from the website. I know they used to have it set up that way. I'm not sure if that's still the case. Uh, But um, it's just unfortunate what's going on. You know, but here's the thing I don't understand about Donald Trump, and here's the part that really bothers me, Mr. Elias, is the fact that how did he make this connection with these people? He is a rich former Democrat from New York City. How? You know, I was watching something right now here. I don't know. How did he make the connection? Well, I know why he made the connection, but you tell me why he made the connection. In your mind, in in, in your thoughts. Why do you think these, he's so popular? These, with, with these, these people are very, they are they're they're the the uneducated one. They're racist too, and he speaks the language that they speak. Let's call it what it is. You know, the bottom line is, you know, anytime a president go out there and, and what if Barack Obama came out and said, you know, uh, some 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 in the nature of, of all all the and then there was a race riot. And, and and he said all those people on both sides were good. Man, they'd have had his head. Hell, he said something about the Muslim nations. Not all Muslims are bad, and they wanted to have his head. But then still, Trump can come out and say, "Oh, Putin's not a bad guy. He's he's a great guy. He's not he's not that bad." And then what happens? <laughs> they, that, none of his supporters say anything about that. There, there is collusion. On every uh, everybody that's dealt with this guy, there's con- I, I think about the Reverend Wright situation, you know, yeah. you know Donald, uh, you know, uh, and, and what Donald Trump is saying about Putin, and 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 the pre- President Barack Obama had to uh, disavow himself with uh, with uh, Reverend Wright because of his because of his of his beliefs, you know. And Donald Trump's, hey man, Putin, I mean, we are, when was the last time that Russia has been an ally of ours? They've never been. We've had a cold war against these people. They are, uh, we don't, I don't understand this. It, it, it is very funny to me that these people don't speak out against it. They don't say anything out against against him and, and Russia. He has, not, he has yet to say anything. He won't even pass sanctions. That that ninety percent of the house passed. He won't even pass sanctions against Russia, but yet and still, they're cool with it. I don't understand these people. I'm trying to, but hey, look, it is what it is. You know, you said some interesting things uh, in your response, and and <laughs> you know, you know, the, the one thing I find myself doing is that. Uh, all week long, what I've done, Mr. Elias, is I've gone through and I have um, 
I have found I'm, I, I find myself listening to more and more of uh, Barack Obama's uh, you know comments and uh, you know just looking at uh, I was watching the series this past week called Dinner with Barack how he met you know everyday Americans and, and had dinner with them and you know and I, and I and I watched how he you know consoled the Newtown victims and and I just you know this guy there was a lot to this guy that we just didn't know. That um, unfortunately, you know, I, I, it's it would never happen again, and and so you have a president that was, you know, people talked about President Obama being aloof. He wasn't. If you go back and watch this guy, in the way I was watching uh, 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 something that happened in 2012, where he was going and he was doing his campaigning, and he went into this pizza shop, and this pizza owner gave him a bear hug. You know, and lifted him up off the ground. I don't remember when that happened, but it was big news then. And you know, but once again, he took it in stride. He was like, "Look at this guy." You know, hey man, do you lift weights? I mean, he. It was just this guy was down to earth, and I, and I watched the love between him and his wife. I watched how he carried on with kids, and and so now you go from that to this, where this guy goes in front of CPAC and says some of the most ridiculous and just lies. And these people are eating this stuff up. They were yes. talking this morning how a conservative journalist went to CPAC and really said some things about Donald Trump. How can we forward women's agenda when we have a guy in the White House doing these different things? And people started booing her, and she had to have security to leave the building. Now, she's a conservative author yeah. who was invited to speak. <laughs> I don't get what this guy has on them. So he goes back to what you said before. The reason I remember saying this during the, the Obama presidency, and I said, man, I don't understand why they are doing this. And the response from you guys, as always, was because he's black. So now I'm going to come back and say, well, maybe the response, the reason why they love this guy so much is because he's white. Huh. We don't want another tar baby in the White House. We want a, guy, a rich, pompous, rich guy who doesn't give two scoops about you. But the bottom line is, is that you want to kiss his tail because, trust me, if he saw you walking on the street, he wouldn't give you the time of day. Mm-hmm. This is what we have right now. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We apologize. Phone lines are down apparently, and I'm not sure if the storms has anything to do with it. The one bad thing about doing the Sunday show is that you know really there's no technical support. Uh, and, you know, coming out of New York. Well, you well, yeah, well. Once you make a lot of money, you can do what the hell you want to do in the BTR world. So, uh, but unfortunately, you just don't have that anymore. And I think they may have a personal line. We're going to try to maybe you know get some help here uh, to, with the lines. But I imagine there's nothing they can do. So I encourage you to get to where you have to go and listen to the show. You may not be able to take. We won't be able to take phone calls this morning because the lines are down. But you know the bottom line is, is that uh, we appreciate your attempt as you try to get in three four seven. Eight five zero one two seven two. Now, as we talk about this uh, this this memo, you know, first of all, I think this memo is not gaining any traction, Mr. Elias, because quite frankly, the Republican memo was a, was a dud. It's like every day there's something new going on with this, and no one's. It's like okay, whatever. I mean, okay, they released the memo. Whoop de doo. I mean, it's like this guy. This whole thing with his porn stars. You know, a porn yeah. star, a Playboy, Playboy. We don't even talk about that. Yeah. yeah we don't because it's, it's become a, a normality here, man. 
Let's let's just call it what it is. This this is a and people you know I I was reading something the other day and the guy was like if Trump if they found a dead body body in Hillary Clinton's and Hillary's Clinton car they would blame Trump for it. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, do you do you actually read any of this stuff? And do you actually have common sense because everything that's coming back now is. Bob Mueller is, is, is presenting all this stuff. He's a Republican. These are your Republicans that are presenting all this stuff, and 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 these, these people they don't care, man. They do not care. You know, uh, our uh, official texter uh, Johnny D is weighed in. He says, "Look, unfortunately, the heavily redacted memo will lose its impact and significance with all the evidence against." members of the Trump campaign and family members, the memo should be the least of America's concerns. Although Trump supporters would continue their conspiracy initiative without con- without consequence. He says, sadly, the uh, Democratic Party has no agenda other than to see Trump implode. Now, let's talk about that last statement he just made. Because I hear that more and more from people out there that the Democrats don't have a message. Now, we follow this stuff intensely. I know the Democrats are out there trying to push an agenda, but it's not resonating, Mr. Elias, with the American people. It's not resonating. And see, to me, this goes back to when people talk about the, you know, and I don't want to jump the gun here, but I have to bring this up to, to prove my point here, the, about the, the Obama administration and the Russia meddling situation, the whole uh, uh, the mess, meddling with the campaign. What people don't realize is that there were signals out there that the administration was trying to get this out. And I don't want to go into detail because I don't want to jump the gun, but I will say one thing. That the day that they released an in-depth report of Russia meddling in the election, guess what came out that same day, Mr. Elias? <laughs> um, the Republican um, agenda as, as no, far as no, the... No, 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 no. Uh, Bobby Bush. Oh. The access. Uh, yeah. Uh, the access yeah. Hollywood video came, yeah. uh, audio came yeah. out. Billy Bush. Right. Said Bobby Billy Bush. Billy Bush. Yeah. And so, and so it just sucked all the air out of the room. And this goes back to why I blame the media for Donald Trump. Because there were significant stories out there that they did not cover. I remember watching that campaign. And every time you turned on the TV, you saw Donald Trump. Even on MSNBC, which I thought would give Hillary more playtime. But they didn't. It was something that Trump said. So the media is bitching and complaining, excuse my French, about this guy. And guess what? You're the reason why he's in office. And don't try to turn it around and say, well, that's all you guys talk about every Sunday. You dang go skippy because we're not looking. We don't let him come on this format on this show, or we don't play his clips in, in their entirety so you got you know, no. The thing that's so crazy about Donald Trump, Mr. Elias, is that he is funny. And you know what? He would be entertainment for me if he did not live at 1600. Pennsylvania Avenue. Your thoughts on this, on your, your, your final comments on this nonsense dealing with Trump. Well, the, the, the comments are this, the man. People, the, the, the memo, 
you're right. It's it, it, it's not getting much traction right now because these these people don't care. They a lot of people don't care about it. A lot of people are not even informed about it. They don't even watch news. You know, and they, no matter what Trump says or what what he does, they're going to believe him. You know, it's all fake. All he has to do is come out and say fake news, fake news, fake news, and these people believe him. They don't even they don't research. I got guys that I work with that are like that, and you can you could bring it out, and they just don't care. I don't know what he has on him. I, I don't know what he has on him either. But you know the thing is, I talk about the one thing that I will say that uh, that we're guilty of is that you know February is Black History Month. And, you know, usually when you listen to our show during February, we have a lot going on. We talk about black history. And so it's almost as if we haven't thank God for on a need-to-know basis with Jerome Esprit that he brings up black history moments. But we haven't done enough during the main part of the show because we're trying to take each and every moment to blast this clown and try to make sure that people understand that we're going to put President Trump on notice. We're not going to be, oh, you know, we're not going to talk about him one week and don't talk. We're going to talk about this guy every day he's in office. Until we want our message to resonate with folks to say this guy is unfit to be president But I digress because once again he's taking the oxygen out of the room Bottom line is is that February is Black History Month This is the last Sunday in the month And so we want to make sure that during this morning's edition of In 4 Minutes or Less We're going to recognize uh, a little known uh, black history moment This morning we're going to uh, we're going to uh, uh, embrace and look at the accomplishments of Dr. Patricia Bath. And if you don't know who she is, stay tuned. Here's this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, brought to you by the TGRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best. We'll be right back after this. Dr. Patricia Bass became the first African-American female doctor to receive a medical patent for her invention, the laser phaco probe, in 1986 for the treatment of cataracts. Dr. Bath was born in 1942 in Harlem, New York. Her parents always encouraged her to do well in school, and her mother sparked her interest in science by buying her a chemistry set. Patricia continued to work hard, and by age 16, had her scientific findings incorporated into a research paper by Dr. Robert Bernard, who was the chairperson of the National Science Foundation. As a result of the publicity she received, Patricia earned Mademoiselle Magazine's Merit Award in 1960. After graduating from high school in only two years, Patricia earned her bachelor's degree in 1964 from Hunter College. She pursued a medical degree from Howard University, graduating with honors in 1968. It was during her fellowship in ophthalmology at Columbia University that Dr. Bass discovered that African Americans were twice as likely to suffer blindness and eight times more likely to develop glaucoma. While interning at Harlem Hospital, she found that a high percentage of patients were blind, while the white patients at Columbia University were not. Dr. Bass realized that it was lack of ophthalmic care, which led her to help create community ophthalmology which is practiced worldwide to offer care to those who are underserved. In 1981, 
Dr. Bass began working on the Laser FACO probe, which uses laser technology to provide less painful and more precise treatment of cataracts. Worldwide, Dr. Bass has helped to recover the eyesight in people who had been blind for 30 years or more. My name is Deshana Yamini, and this has been today's Black History Moment. Informative Select is sponsored by the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio at its best. We'll be right back after these words. Give us a to the serious side. Sing a song full of the faith that our dark past has taught us. My humanity is bound up in yours, for we can only be human together. Desmond Tutu. We may encounter many defeats, but we must not be defeated. Maya Angela. I know it seems hard sometimes, but through every dark night, there's a bright day that follows. So poke your chest out, keep your head up, and handle things. Tupac Shakur. Begun, let us march on till victory is won. Through history comes hope. Visit AfricanAmericanHistoryMonth.gov. Many in legacy media. Love mass shootings. You guys love it. Now, I'm not saying that you love the tragedy, but I am saying that you love the ratings. Crying white mothers are ratings gold. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God does answer prayer, and he's able. Phone lines are open. You can get in now, 
spokesperson for the for for the NRA, and she stood up in front of uh, CPAC, Mr. Elias, and she said those deplorable. I mean, just sickening what she said, in my opinion. And a little later on in this set, we're going to bring up, or we're going to play the second part of that statement, which is not getting any airtime, and we're going to debate that a little bit because I, I, you know, you know, I like that type of stuff. But let's 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 talk about. Uh, what's going on here? You know, obviously, we're just a week away removed from the Parkland shootings, and uh, and these young kids are really out here making some noise. And now, what they're having, you know, they're starting to make some some noise, Mr. Elias. You know, Governor Rick Scott is now he's he's softening his stance a little bit uh, on some of the things that he supported in the past by the NRA. Uh, the NRA's president went to CPAC and, and really just told a pack of lies. I mean, just ridiculous what he said in front of that audience. And and so now you have corporate sponsors who are try, who are now starting to pull away from the NRA. So let me go to you, Jerome, because we haven't heard from you. Do you think that this is the beginning of the end of the NRA, or do you think that? Tell me what type of damage do you think that this that everything that's going on right now is going to have? On the NRA because I don't think they can go away. But anytime corporate sponsorship is starting to walk away, you know what they say: you want to hurt somebody, hit them in the pockets. What say you? No, I, I don't think the NRA is. I don't even think this is going to damage the NRA. Mm-hmm. It just kind of is that right? Wow. Mm-mm. No, not at all. That that runs deep in this country. It's like, you know, I was going to say something that's pretty mean, but I was going to say it's like <laughs> pretty big. <laughs> no, I, I just watched Black Panther. I guess I shouldn't say any Wakanda references oh, today. No, wait, yeah, you're right. Watch Black Panther, boy. You're ready to fight somebody. Well, the, the problem is is that you're asking people um, who are beyond redemption to redeem themselves, right? So what do you, the, the problem is is that the people who found investment in, in that type of thinking – you're asking them to change their perspective. Shoot, they've been killing kids for who knows how long, right? It's like it's like watching the guy who molested some seven-year-old get probation, and we say, hey, the justice system has changed because the next person who did it got, you know, 30 years. And then we watch this happen again. Somebody else gets in there, and they get probation. So why, why are we thinking that there is some redeemable quality in these people who, who don't have the ability to do that is the problem. So with the NRA in particular, and I have to tell you, I actually don't believe that everybody should not be armed because I, I personally feel like black people can't be the only people who are not armed. <laughs> like the problem is that there's like 300 million guns here in this country. Like we are the only ones who stick by that line, but we're, there always, we're always the ones getting victimized. So – Technically, we can't, we can't, um, you know, have that stance at the same time we're being victimized. Like, we either have to understand that they're never going to disarm everybody and then, um, you know, kind of make sure that there's some equity or balance. But the assault weapon, even in the assault weapon stuff, they can get rid of that. But the problem is, is that as far as the NRA is concerned, that fundamental thought about them um, having influence and everything else is going nowhere. Because although corporate is jumping away from them, Congress isn't. So that means the donors who back um, 
all of these um, this philanthropy, those guys are still supporting the the, the NRA, and they are um, they have a ton of money. It's not like they don't have the money. So even if corporate sponsorship gets out of there, that was just branding for them. But they're going to float until they until it's not hot anymore, and then they're going to come back out and do what they do. They may start mm-hmm. just running commercials. You know, you said something, Jerome, that I thought was interesting, and this is the here's the conflict that I have within myself because, you know, uh, when you think about having guns in school, right? When you, you know, I read something, Mr. Elias, that said I think they said that there are two guns for every man, woman, child in this country. I think that was what it said. Every Man, woman, child—that includes infants. That kind of shows you how much, how many weapons that we have in this country. Um, we all have weapons in our, you know. I have a weapon in my house. I have weapons in my house, and you, you, Lord knows you have weapons in your house, Miss Delias. And you know, Jerome is, you know, probably packing heat as well. Where do you come down on this, man? Because you know. The one thing that that fool at the NRA said, you know, the one thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. But think about, but see, people got this fantasy that you're going to walk in and you're going to have a clear shot at this guy. You can engage this guy. You know, there are reports that were there are reports out there that said there were three, you know, deputy sheriffs that were outside and they didn't go in Mm-mm. because they here they are with sidearms trying to go against a military assault weapon. So here's what I don't understand, and this is why I need your help. The NRA, they're pointing fingers at everyone, right? So let's think about it. You're saying our schools need to be armed. Mr. Elias, there was an RSO on campus, right? All right? Uh, Sheriff deputies got there immediately, Right? The kids reported this kid to authorities for years. So if you look at everything that the NRA is trying to say what is wrong with this situation, hey, man, all the freaking boxes were checked except one, ban on assault weapons. Why is this not resonating, Mr. Elias, with Americans? That everything was in place. They follow proper protocol based on what the NRA is trying to tell us. You know what? That's the problem. It's not the fact that we allow assault weapons on the street. The problem is is that, you know, all these different things failed. Okay. And? What tell you, Mr. Elias? Well, just like I'm, I'm, I'm going to use President Obama's words, man, when he said that common sense gun reform laws. I mean... The bottom line is, you can go into a gun show, right? I can walk into a gun show with an AR-15 and sell it to whoever the hell I want to. And that's not against the law. It could be a kid I could sell it to if I want to. Anybody I want to sell that to as a private seller, I can sell it. You said that you can go into a gun show and sell an AR-15 to a kid that's under 18? Look online, Jay. Look online. There's a video no, out there that proves I mean, what I'm we, saying. Yes, I'm well, telling well, you okay. what, I, what I've seen. I can. I, I've, I've walked into gun shows, and there are guys that are selling guns 
that will sell it to you. That are not, you don't have to have any type of um, uh, background checks or anything done to buy these guns. None. Common sense gun reform laws. I'm telling you, I, I, I've watched it in Indiana happen. <laughs> I, I no, a I'm gun saying I find it hard to believe that you can go to a gun show and sell mm-hmm. a gun to someone that's underage. I, I, I find that very hard to believe. During the project, look, look it up. Look uh, it up. It was on um, Real Sports with Brian Gumble. Look it up. There is a, a teenager that actually went to a gun show and bought a gun. He couldn't. They, they sent him to the liquor store to buy liquor. They sent him to buy cigarettes, and, and, and he couldn't buy liquor or cigarettes, but they sent him to the gun show, and he bought a gun. I can sell you. How old was, at that, how old was this kid? He was 14. Oh. He was 14. Look it up. On YouTube, I'm telling you, this is not okay, a joke. Well, okay, but let me ask you something. But well, let me ask you something because we know 12 year olds can get guns in the streets of Chicago, right? And you know what? To be perfectly honest about that, you know, they talk about they bring up Chicago, Jerome, and I'm going to look this up and steal this. Let me make my point. Then I'm going to go to Jerome. You know, so what I'm saying is, is this a situation where this is a one offer? Yeah, he was able to slip through and get one. Or can any can can ten fourteen year olds walk into this place and they can walk out with ten AR fifteens? Uh, See, that's the point. Um, you, you know, anybody can get anything. Right. Right. I, I'm just asking: is this a, is this is this uh, uh, beyond normal here? Or can any fourteen year old walk in and get a weapon? See, that's the thing I don't understand. Yeah, because anybody can buy a rifle. So if the AR-15 is just considered a rifle like anyone, anything else, you can go oh, and buy one. Gun. So is it considered yeah. a long gun? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, it sure is. Remember they had the assault weapons ban, and then they actually repealed it that. It ran out. Yep. Well, it actually mm-hmm. ran out, and they didn't renew but, it. Yeah, they wouldn't renew it. Right. Yeah. So, 90, yeah. What was that, 97 or something like that? I can't remember when it was. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so, so so they didn't renew it. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, right. I'm, so I'm just saying. Let's, like, let's go back. It, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Finish it up. No, no, no I, was, okay. I was thinking out loud, just saying that if if that's the case, that we haven't had our assault weapons banned since the 90s, Technically, wouldn't that be a part of the problem? <laughs> that may have like illness, but they took away something. Something's happening, and they're blaming something else. I saw Rick Santorum say mm-hmm. say something like, "It's because um, like something like ninety percent of shooters didn't have a father in the home." <laughs> he started that book. It was funny. Oh boy. You know, now here's what they here's what proponents will argue, Mr. Elias, and I'm coming to you because you know we live in this area, in that area, and talk about the gun control, and talk about gun laws in Chicago, some of the strictest in the nation. But as long as you have the two one nine, where mm-hmm. the gun laws are not as strict, you can funnel weapons in and out of Chicago all day long. 
And so what about this argument, and do we give them credit on this? Because this is what they're saying. And, you know, this is, this is why I'm mixed on this. Because they're saying the more gun laws you put in place, right, the harder you make it for people like you and I, law-abiding <laughs> citizens, to protect ourselves, right? Because we're going to follow the law. Jay, if they close the gun holes... I'm I'm just asking, bro. I'm just this is I'm conflicted. I'm asking you a question because if they close the gun show loophole, Jay, they will resolve a lot of issues. They would resolve a lot. If I'm if I'm from Chicago and I want to buy a gun, all I have to do is walk over to all I do is come over to Indiana. I could be a convicted felon. I could be crazy, and I could walk into a gun show and a private seller can sell me a gun. I, there's no background checks. There's no nothing in front of me to, from buying that gun. There's nothing. Trust me, because I bought a gun at a gun show like that. I bought a 9mm Sig Sawyer from a guy at a gun show. Didn't, all he did was gave me a receipt that said I bought it. No background check, no nothing. I walked out the, I walked out the gun show with police, with, with police officers there. I walked out the gun show with that gun. So when you when I'm telling you, Jay, common sense gun reform laws would help. Hell yeah, yeah, you can get a gun, but who's selling these guns to these people and where are they getting them from? So that's what we need to. That's that's the first question we need to ask. Where are they getting them from? Because people are going all over and these 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 places where the gun where the gun laws are relaxed and they're buying them. Now how is that how yeah. how is that going to hamper us? From from buying a gun, if I'm a legal, if I'm a if, if I'm a law-abiding citizen, I want to buy a gun. How's that gonna hamper me from buying a gun? That that that, that argument just does not hold water for me. It doesn't. Well, well, well. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Johnny D is uh, weighed in. He says, "Look, state laws vary, and if the purchase." Was for a shotgun The comment made by Mr. Elias is correct You can't buy a rifle as stated by the broadcast team. Shotguns have some flexibility No, uh, look it go. up He's wrong Look, up, right, look well, up the real sports The guy bought a 30-30 rifle Look well, it up well, See Mr. Elias, what, what I'm saying is Is that, you know, I know some, some, some hood rats At the crib can buy guns Weapons. I'm talking about I'm saying it's illegal. To, I'm talking about this kid went to the gun show and bought it. Look but it you, up. You know they do stuff underhanded there. Come on, at, at man. the gun shows? At, at a gun yes. show? Where cops are around? Man, this is you a gun. That's why they different. call it that. Look up the gun show loophole. We've had this argument before, Jay. You can buy. You can go right. and buy a rifle, shotgun or not. It's a rifle. This kid bought a thirty thirty. Okay, but 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 it's state law. State laws vary. You you just can't go anywhere in America and do that, can you? And and, and they, they call huh? the gun show loophole. Look up. Look. Do me a favor. Yeah, look up yeah, gun show can, loophole. Jay. I mean, look up gun show loophole. I've been to gun shows a lot, so you can you can go in there, and those guys are vendors traveling from state to state, city to city. They don't really. They're not. They don't have to abide by state law. You need to know your law when you live in that state. But they do have loopholes for gun shows to carry that stuff because they say, "Oh, they're for display only" or whatever excuse they use. But they'll sell you pretty much anything in a gun shop. I mean, look, well, gun show loophole. Loophole. look it up. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, I'll look it up. Okay, I'll look it up. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to say that um, you know, as far as the um, the security guards, the four um, police officers, or one was a resource Sheriff officer, Deputy but he was Sheriff. a what was he was a officer? well, yeah, he was a he was on the force for thirty years and a resource officer for twenty five. I don't want that dude running into no gunfire. Seriously, I think that everybody's being overly sensitive to the fact that the resource officer with a handgun didn't run up on some dude with an AR-15. Because all he would have did was just blast towards them. And what you going to do with, with having a little pop gun? Uh, I think your resource officer... But, but Jerome, that validates what people are saying about arming teachers. If you have trained uh, law enforcement officers who didn't want to go in and deal with that, how the hell do you expect teachers... Math teachers and science teachers say, oh, my goodness, let me pull out my bang-bang pistol and do my thing. But let me ask you this, and I I think we're going to take this over to the next segment. But let me ask you this question here before we go to break, and this is is for you, Jerome. If what's wrong, and once again, here's the conflicted, that I'm conflicted, right? What's wrong with maybe having a safe room in a school? And what I mean by that is, is that, okay, you figure out a way to get to this safe room. In this safe room, you have authorized people who have access to the, uh, a locker, right, that has weapons. Because if you're barricade, listen, I don't, and here's the conflict, Jerome, and this is where I'm struggling, bro, and I'm being honest with you on this. If, if you are a teacher in the middle of the hallway, I don't feel comfortable with a teacher running out and engaging in gunmen. I just don't feel comfortable with that. However... If you are barricaded in a room and you're down waiting for law enforcement and all of a sudden this person comes knocking on your door trying to get in, you are helpless. There's nothing you can do. um, This is why the rest of the world really don't like Americans, right? We have, like, this bad little Rambo diehard, like, any nut off of – And this is in our – Jerome, 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 brother. Brother, 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 brother. This, seriously, this is in our psyche, Jay. Okay. Just think about this. Okay. Right? So you can have a, a, a movie like Armageddon, right? And all the top scientists say, hey, this won't work. But some guy who's a, who drills for, um, for oil says, hey, I know how to stop that asteroid. Or Guardians of the Galaxy, where you get some jerk off, like some jerk who is doing nothing, but he gets to save the world. We program those kids to be like that, right? And so rationale don't even make sense to them because they're like, yeah, yeah, we know what climate change says, but here's what I think is going to happen. Like, we breed that in this country. So when any, we have, whenever we have a conversation, it's always like the lone guy is going to come save the day. But I can tell you nope. the problem mm-hmm. with that, the problem with that is that, you're not thinking about your disgruntled janitors who may just jack that thing and kill everybody in the school, too. Or the teacher who's going to have a bad day and say, yo, you talk to me like that. If a student threatens me, I'm going to shoot him because I know the combination to that safe. You're creating problems that you should not even be thinking about in school. But you know what, though? But see, that's the conflict, and I'm glad you said that. See, that's the, that's the conflict because I'm thinking if I'm in my home, Right? The reason why we have firearms in our homes is because if I'm sitting in my house and somebody breaks into my house, hey man, here they come, I can protect myself. Mr. Elias, do you do you understand the conflict? You know, I get everything and look, and for the record, because I know sometimes when I argue things people come down thinking this is me. No. I'm conflicted here. Usually I play devil's advocate. I am truly conflicted here. 
Okay? So I don't think – I think I'm leaning more on the side of not having weapons in the classroom. I'm listening to teachers, and teachers are talking about, you know, what if they get disgruntled? What if a, if, what if a mm-hmm. student gets ridiculous in class? How are you going to confront them? So I can see – look, there are too many – there are too many things that can go wrong in that scenario. But let me back up, Mr. Elias. Let me reach out to you on this. Man, you got your kids hovering down in the classroom. Y'all are praying. You're sending texts to your parents. You're sending texts to your wives and girlfriends saying, baby, I love you. I don't know if I'm coming home. I got my kids protected. We're being quiet. We got the door barricaded. All of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. That person is right outside trying to get in. You have nowhere to go. Tell me, would you feel comfortable that you say, you know what, let me grab my weapon. At least I can have a fighting chance. Because contrary to popular belief, that person don't want to die either. Because that's why they, they, they you know, they they have body armor on. And that's why they try to run and all this other nonsense. Don't you, do you, do you feel my conflict, Mr. Elias? That's all I'm trying to find I, out. Do you I, feel I my feel conflict? Your conf- I feel your conflict. But, hey, how many trained, quote, unquote, professional police have shot unarmed people. But you're not trained. If you in your house and somebody breaks in your house, are you trained? Then I got a right to protect to my. I got a right but at that see, point in time to protect go, you myself. Just hit it on the head. They now, don't have a right to protect now, themselves. Now here we go. How many? Okay, answer here my question. Go. Let me let me let me finish. How many unarmed? Okay. How many unarmed men have been shot by the police with mistakes? And these are supposed to be trained professionals. Uh, a lot, but I'm not sure where you're going with this. But yeah, a lot. Okay, I'm now. Play alone. Yeah. You, okay, now you put you you put this do you put this gun in the hand of a teacher, who's not a trained professional. Okay. And she okay. says, neither you. I, I shot him. I shot him. It was a mistake. I didn't mean to shoot him. He was okay, aggressive. But, okay, but wait a minute I now. Was let me let me jump in because see once again this you, you got that Donald Trump theory. I'm not saying that the police officers. I'm not, I mean, I'm not that the teachers Trump running. Theory. No no no. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. I'm not Believe saying me. that you're going out in the hallway and you're engaging the guy. I'm saying you got your you're hovering with your kids, and you know that this shooter is trying to get into this classroom. And, and once again, That's, you're thinking. You're thinking that everybody's going to be thinking like you're thinking. No. Some of these teachers what? some of these teachers have vendettas against some of these kids. And what if right. they feel threatened? What if they feel threatened at that point in time? Listen, guys, and then what? guys, 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 guys. And then what, I, what, listen, if, what if they're I, I, bad I'm shot and hit team, the wrong right? kid? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man. What if they're a bad shot to hit the wrong kid? Right. Okay, let me give you this really quick, Jay. Can I answer that one little question? I'm going to give it right ahead. back to you. I'm just going to answer real, real quick. I'm going to give me 10 seconds. Mr. Elias, if a shooter's coming in the classroom, I'm pretty sure the damn hallway's cleared out of kids have taken cover. Okay, Jerome, there you go. No, I'm talking about if somebody's, if they feel threatened by that one kid that yeah. does not, don't have a gun. Oh, no, and they I, said, I, 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 I felt threatened and I shot, and I accidentally shot this other kid. Because I thought his eraser was a gun. You know we yes. don't do this in this country too much. You know yes. that in the black suits, black people are getting shot like crazy. And, yes. and all of this gun violence is not even happening in schools where black people are. I mean, we no. have a small number. But these are like rural, very white, suburban districts that's, that's getting shot up. You know what will happen in inner city schools if you had guns up in that piece? 
that, my problem, my friend, is but here's what I want to say. New York, um, uh, um, New York Police Department, NYPD, the biggest police department in the country, has, I think the number is 18% accuracy on shooting their weapons. 18%. And those are professionals. They're 18%. So you're just going to get some teacher try to shoot at some gunmen with, with, um, with the professionals got an 18% like, like success rate, like target-wise? But we're hovering. Okay, I, I tell you what, we're, we're top. We're, we're going to take a break, and um, we're going to come back. We're going to finish this conversation, and we may not even get to this third topic uh, because you know, in the day of Trump, you can, we can you know, listen. We can always talk about it next week. <laughs> you know, it'll still be going on. Exactly. But, but we're going to. Yes, sir. Real quick, uh, look it up. It's it's on it's a HBO Real Sports. Brian Gumble. The video shows 13-year-old boy trying to buy his gun on the first try. He can't buy cigarettes, he can't buy adult magazines, can't buy a lottery, and he can't buy liquor. But he can buy a gun at the gun show. Go, go look that up right, on let YouTube me read. and tell me I'm lying. Okay, That's in Virginia. This, this, is a per- this is a perfect segue to a statement that Johnny D just sent in. Here it is. He says, you will always have rogue vendors selling weapons. Mr. LES is giving a broad perspective to reference, <laughs> to reference a te- television broadcast the means of credibility of the subject. State laws vary that may apply in one state. What may apply in one state does not apply in another. Some states have adopted, has opted to go further than federal law by requiring background checks at gun shows for any gun transaction, federal license, not or from not. A private the Michigan, owner the Michigan, Nebraska, so New Jersey, North Carolina regulate purchases by prohibiting private dealers from selling to individuals who do not have license or permits, which they obtain following background checks. Some state's requirements are limited only to handgun purchases. The majority of, the majority of these such states require background checks at the point of transfer for all firearms, Firearms, and he puts alternatively uh, uh, Hawaii, Illinois, Iowa, Massachusetts, and Michigan. Okay, you guys be the debate. We just put it out there. Let's do this. Wait. Why don't we step out? Yes, Jerome. Yeah, yeah. New York has this one of the strictest gun laws, and and ours was passed maybe four years ago, I think. But I am telling you that at gun shows, I know. That they check you have police at the doors and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. You can still pretty much buy whatever you want in a gun show. Yep. I'm telling you, I go to these gun shows all the time. I do. Okay. Uh, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm here just to put out what I think is our facts. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right. Tell you what, we're going to step out here. Um, we're going to come back. We're going to finish this topic. Then I want to talk about something. Uh, I mentioned Dana, uh, I think her name is Dana Leash uh, at the top. She's the uh, spokesperson for the NRA. Uh, Everyone has heard her comments about, you know, the media loves crying white women. Well, she says something else uh, in that same statement that we're going to focus on coming up next uh, right here on the serious side. Boy, what a day, what a topic. Can't get enough of this stuff, folks. You need to be here. Phone lines are open. Call in right now, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Don't go nowhere. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rob. The serious side right continues after a short break. When I was 
diagnosed with breast cancer. Both of my daughters were pregnant, and everything I was looking forward to turned into everything I was going to miss. First words, first steps, being there for my grandchildren, for my daughters. Today, those babies are three. I'm with them all the time. I don't know what's next, but I know I'm here today. My name is Alanthea Pena, and I'm Susan G. Coleman.
347-850-1272 is the caller number. Now back to the show. We begin with the release today of a memo from Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee. It's a rebuttal document to a Republican memo released earlier this month that alleged anti-Trump bias at the FBI and Justice Department. All right, welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Obviously, that was the first topic, and we're supposed to be talking about uh, the Russian probe. But uh, interesting conversation broke out. Something happened. Something funny happened along the way. We got into this conversation about gun laws, and uh, so let's say good morning to our guests. I mean, our panelists. First of all, let's say good morning to my main man, Jerome Spreeman. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing outstanding. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, Mr. L.E.S. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. How are you and Jerome doing this morning? Doing outstanding. What's up to my my main man, Johnny D.? He's in the house. Good morning to you, sir, as well. Also, uh, let's say good morning to some people in the chat room, Mr. L.E.S. Who do you want to say good morning to? Uh, we have uh, we had Rich Sister in there, uh, and we have oh, Covina. Yeah, our director, hold on, make sure we get it right. Our director, our director of uh, social, uh, so uh, well, yeah, social media outreach. Our director of the social media outreach for the TGRS Radio Network, Jackie. Hello, Jackie, and Covina uh, Man in the house as always. Let me say hello to a few people out here on social media. Vanessa May Belly and McKinelli, love you, sweetheart. She's in the house, uh, checking out Robert. Is in the house What's up Roberson That's a pretty damn Cool name actually uh, What's up uh, Henry That's a traditional name Rico Suave What's happening with you Michael Once again Another just Regular name I'm just messing with you guys This morning Don't get upset Kev's in the house uh, Maya's in the house Again good morning to you Stacy's in the house What's up Seamus that's a pretty cool name, actually. What's up, Seamus? How you doing? Checking in from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Debonair's back in the house. My main man from, I think you're from Tennessee, right? What's up, Debonair? It's a pretty cool name. Uh, I wish someone would have named me Deb- Debonair. That would have been a pretty cool name, huh? Uh, Billy D. Williams. When the match. Mike. <laughs> Mike's in the house. What's up, Mike? Lydia. Linda, a whole bunch of folks are tuned in. Thank you so much. Sorry for the issues that we have with the phone lines. They are open. You can call in 347-850-1272. Rosemary says she can't get into the, uh, the chat room. I'm not sure. I think that's been up since the show started. But, you know, do you think? Steph's in the house as well. What's going on? Uh, Rosie, Rosa, uh, all these folks are checking us out. 347-850-1272. Mariana Music's in the house again as well. Hey, Mariana, how you doing, sweetie? Need to see you in the chat room some more. We love talking to you. I used to talk to you yeah. in a private chat and couldn't concentrate on the show. So uh, come on <laughs> back in, girlfriend. Come on back in. All right, Mr. Elias, during the break, Mr. Elias challenged us to go and do some reading. So, Mr. Elias, you found some information you want to put out there. Want to go ahead and read that for us? Yeah, and it says, uh, where am I at? If a dealer sells a gun uh, from the storefront of a, a woman or uh, from a room in his house or from a table at a gun show, the rules are the same, exact same. He cannot authorize, he cannot get authorization from the FBI for the sale only after the FBI runs an instant background check. As a result, the firearms are most severely regulated consumer products in the United States. Only product for which the FBI permission is required for every single sale. Conversely, people who are not engaged in the business of selling firearms, but who sell firearms from time to time, 
such as a man who sells a hunting rifle to his brother-in-law, are not required to obtain a federal license required of gun dealers to call the FBI before completing the sale. So, as I said, these private owners going to these gun shows and they sell these. All right, Constantly. let me read something from our. This, let me read something from our resident Texan, the main man Johnny D. He says, "Look, read the Brady Law. There's a distinction between a distinction between uh, private dealers and licensed dealers. If we're going to educate and inform listeners, we must be credible. If not, we are no better than Trump. I stand on what I say, and yes, I still love you guys, Hawk. You have been the man I've been waiting for because these two guys." That I'm on the show with, man, they beat me up every week. So now I got my guy, Johnny yeah, you D, just proved my on point. my side. I just said, an unlicensed dealer, I can walk in there, a private seller can sell me whatever I want. Right. That's what be I've a been saying. Seller at a gun, gun show. Get be off. a private Get seller. Off us. Get off us. That's all I'm saying. Get off us. Leave us alone, my man. Well, now, I'm just saying, you could be a private seller. You don't have to just be a licensed seller at a gun show. You could be a private seller, so you can still sell at a gun show if you're a private seller, which means you don't have to abide by the laws that the licensed seller has to abide by. Exactly. That's what I've been saying all along. And if you, you look at what? the video, that, if you look at the what? video on YouTube, that kid walked in and bought that gun from a guy that was not what a licensed seller. Off. Okay. All right. You know what? The last time Jerome agreed with me is when I talked about black wealth. He agreed that time. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm still with yeah, you. I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, you see, but, but, but still. But I mean, I that was a long time ago. That, just, bam, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Okay. All right. So now before uh, the last set, our, you know, our post, our lead-in, that's what we call it in the radio business. We heard from... Dana uh, Leach, she's the representative for the NRA, and she made a comment about how the media loves mass shootings, which is a despicable comment within itself. She tried to clarify that by saying, I'm not saying that they want to see people die, but they love the ratings. And then she went on to say, white crying mothers is media gold. And people took offense to that. I know I took offense to it. But I want to play what she said in the second part of her statement, which you're not hearing on the media, and I want to talk about that on the other side. Let's listen. Online radio at its best. And notice I said crying white mothers because there are thousands of grieving black mothers in Chicago every weekend, and you don't see town halls for them, do you? Online radio at its best. Whoa. Why is the media not playing that statement, Mr. Elias? Do you really need me to answer that? <laughs> uh, yeah, because, because everybody's black. condemning her for what she said. But when you think about the second part of her statement, I almost feel like taking a shower because a part of me agrees with what she just said. It goes back to what we talk about all the time, where every time a police officer gets shot and killed, that's tragic. We do not support that by no stretch of the imagination. White people run outside, and they put blue freaking uh, ribbons around their trees. But when a black person gets shot, I don't see anybody mobilized outside of, you know, our people, Black Lives Matter. And then they, now they're trying to make Black Lives Matter like in some type of rogue fringe group like the KKK. 
because this is the type of country that we live in. Do you agree with what she just said? <clears throat> yeah, to be honest, you know, they, 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 uh, <laughs> look, man, black people are, 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 are the lowest form of life to, to, to white folks. Let's call it what it is. And that, that's how they treat us. You know, and they, they treat us that way from the police department, from from any and, and, and from in the government too. So they, they treat us like, you know, like we don't even matter. So let let's it it is it's it's horrible. And it's deplorable and white folks don't see it because it doesn't affect them. Once it starts affecting them, that's when they that's when they care about stuff. That's the only Jerome. time they care about stuff. Uh huh. Is this a situation where, and you know we've had this conversation on this show on numerous occasions, how gay people try to use their movement and equate it to the civil rights movement, and we say, stop it, don't try to jump on our cause to prove your damn point. Is this a situation where this is what she's doing? Don't try to bring that in to prove your bigger point. Are we looking at it like, should we be looking at it that way? Or should we say, you know what, what she's saying is true. You don't yeah. see, you know, the folks running outside putting ribbons around that. Go ahead. I, I don't fall for that, ball. Like, I, I, when she said that, it, I was not moved by her statement. Right? She She's talking in the same platform where they talk about Black Lives Matter like it was like neo-Nazis. So she wasn't saying that right. for, to support black people. She was saying that to calm yeah. white folks down from their yeah. own um, reality, right? White folks have a tendency of kind of ignoring their own realities, to, to, um, but they, they, they blow up incidences where they're minorities. For example, if we were sitting here, it, it's why when we do the news, I go, hey, this teacher slept with this student. This person had a bestiality charge. This judge um, slept with... Um, some people and let them off. I, like I put those out there because we don't know that that's a part of their social norms. We don't know that, uh, right? So what happens is that they always try to mute, um, mute their own social norms, but they try to blow up black folks's, you know, um, um, whatever. Um, I guess instance of irregularity to make it look like a norm because we need to set an example for him so that nobody else wants mm-hmm. to do it. So they use that they use that excuse to be heavy handed on us and they always mute their own social norms. So that's what she was doing. She just said pretty much, just because white women are crying, y'all y'all covering this too much. That's what that essentially what she was saying. And so she was using black people as a measure to desensitize white folks. So we need to see how we were being used in that spot. Because she didn't give a rat about us either. Like she don't give a rat about the white women that, that were crying on TV, but she told them that's that. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, but that—that's what always amazes me is that the people who were clapping in the audience, they don't give a rat about nobody, and they remind me of the people doing, you know, uh, um, during the times that they were like lynching and, and burning folks and eating their livers and. And, and taking souvenirs home and all of that other stuff, they remind me that they're the descendants of those folks because their humanity sucks. So if you can't, can't understand why somebody who just experienced trauma is crying on TV, then technically your humanity sucks. They need to own that. 
and everybody who support that need to own it. And I don't care what kind of letters you send, Jay, because technically I'm not listening. But it, no matter what, yeah. you send, your humanity sucks. Don't even send the letter because you need to address why your humanity sucks. So I have no, I have no, I'm not even moved by her gesture from saying that. I know what it was. It was just a, a way to tell white folks that don't worry about this. You can suppress your own emotions even with white women crying because we do it all the time anyway. It's pretty much what she was saying. You know, it's we all, do it with black people. It's, it's almost like every time Donald Trump, Mr. Elliott, stands in front of his people and say, and black, and black unemployment, and these white people go, ah, ah, yes, yes, black unemployment is at the lowest. You know, once again, he stood on that podium in CPAC and told so many lies. He talked about how... You know, oh, I inherited a mess. No, you did not. Hey, <laughs> man, look. I mean, the this line. guy is, he is riding the coattails of Barack Obama. And everything is trending, was trending that way before he took office. I watched the documentary because I told you I'm into this President Obama love fest. I, I, and, and I go back, man, and I think about what he had to deal with. During when he first stepped into office, man, I tell you what, guy, you know, God, you know, we say God do things for a reason. He was the right man at the right time. I don't think anyone else could have gotten us through that situation. I mean, we were, you know, I watched the documentary. They talked about how we were using, losing millions of jobs a day. Mm-hmm. And the, the economy was bleeding jobs. And here's the other part that I want to make sure I bring up, and I want to make sure. Look, I love the guy. I think he's. I think he's an honest American. I like the way that him and Michelle Obama is getting getting along, and you know, and they have a genuine affection for each other. I've read her comments. I've read his comments. But folks, let's wake up. George W. Bush has a, a, a freaking approval rating that's in the high fifties. Y'all don't y'all don't remember how bad a president this man was. He so let's was not get let's not uh, get caught up in nostalgia, guys. He was horrible. Well, his approval rating he is probably high great. because they see what they got with this guy. And you know that's the point. And I, let's not lose focus. This is how Russians take advantage of Americans. Because you guys are looking at the shiny ball. Y'all don't focus on nothing. Y'all's attention is easily, you, you are easily distracted. George Bush is one of the worst presidents in this nation's history. And the only thing he can, the only comfort he can take is that now Donald Trump is worse than he is. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Don't get, don't fall for this. <laughs> Wake up! I read that, and listen, his approval rating has jumped amongst Democrats. What are you people looking at? (laughs) And the reason why I am stressing this is for one reason. We are easily distracted. And whoever stands up in front of the mic and says something, then we want to, you know, it's like when, uh, you know, when, oh, Jeff Flake and, oh, you know, uh, uh, Corker, oh, these guys are, you know, they're great Americans and we love them. 
and then they come right back and voted for a freaking tax bill that's going to hit you in your eye. And Americans, I told y'all this, Jerome, I told you this. Now the tax plan is popular with Americans. Do you see how the Russians get us, Jerome? Do you see? I mean, we don't have the capacity mentally to focus on what's going on. George W. Bush has a approval rating in the 60s. Yeah, but he's here, only a few the, points behind President Obama. How does this happen? Right. So this happens because think about where the poll. Like, if you ever see a Rasmussen poll, do not look at that poll. Right. So Donald Trump's approval ratings was close to 50, and they were like, "This is the first time since whatever." But it was Rasmussen. So you need to really know how that stuff works. Don't don't fall for that bull. It's the same reason why people think that Reagan was a good president. Reagan oh, brought unemployment from 4% to 10%. Like, he was one of the worst presidents as well, but the marketing on Reagan every cent is that the people with money starts marketing them like at least he had a message and he he jailed conservatives together. You know why? Because people were starving. It's the same way that Trump is jailing conservatives together. Because once you start picking on them, other people, then it somehow brings really conservative white folks evangelicals together. They don't care how immoral you are. They don't care that you not believe sure nobody. Don't. They don't care none of that. They just said, hey, well, as long as you're hurting them, you are my man. That's yep. why the evangelicals are cool with him paying some porn woman and some playboy woman. Yes. You know, during during after his wife gave birth, they got they know that she he slept with them, and they're like, yeah, but the bigger picture is he's <laughs> he he's enslaving everybody else, so we cool with him. He Christopher Columbus to them, you know. So we can't forget that by being distracted by. Um, the fact that they have high approval numbers because who they're polling, of course they love this. Again, they're not redeemable, so I don't know why we would even have to worry about that. Like it can't give it can't give us any kind of solace to um, to actually understand why they're like they are. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, just in the big picture, well. I can't I can't call it. Uh, well, you know, I, I mean, it's 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 just phenomenal how the rush. You know, I take offense when people think we're dumb. I really do. The Russians think that we are the most ignorant people on the face of this planet, and even though some of us are, everyone Jay. is some telling of us are. them, huh? But some of us are. Us, every every indi- all the indicators are that the Russians are out there doing their thing, and they're going to continue to do it. And the bottom line is these people fall for the banana in the tailpipe every freaking time. Let me go to Johnny D. He says, look, as far as the comment on the grieving white woman, albeit the comment was correct, the countless number of African-American mothers that suffer the impact of gun violence never receives the headlines from the media from an empathetic perspective. However, I would suggest her making that comment is being utilized to sensationalize the storyline as well as make a mockery of the real issue, 
regulating gun violence. She has changed the, the narrative. You are absolutely correct about that, sir. You know, the thing that's so funny about this is how Donald Trump has taken a party that was all law and order, and hmm. now they are going against the FBI. They are going against uh, Rob Rosenstein. He's a he's a registered Republican. You have Mueller, which is a Boy Scout Republican, and he has these people turning on them. And then I go back to my George Bush comments. How are you guys so easily distracted from the truth? How how do you not wake up and say, oh, my God, it's okay to say, you know, George Bush is a good guy, but he was still the worst president in the United States history. As of right now, he still is. He holds that title. Give him a couple of weeks, I think Donald Trump can take it from him. But right now, it's George Bush. Because he had more time to do. He has done so much damage. We have lost so much of America's treasure because of that freaking lie that they told the goddess in that war. Mm-hmm. And we are still paying for that. So all Donald Trump has done is just lie and be stupid. He hasn't really done, well, he's trying, that's for sure. But he hasn't really done, you know, anything remotely close to what George Bush did. You guys need to stop this, man. Pay attention to what's going on. Let's get final thoughts on this, on this, on this, uh, on this topic here. Jerome, let me start with you, man. Give me your final thoughts on this, man. Wow. Well, you know, I, I, um, you know, I don't know where to begin on, begin or end with this topic, but I, I can either. just say that we really need to not fall for any of this nonsense. Like, we can't play into the same, into the same like narrative. That these nuts are using They use black people as props And uh, we take the blame um, Just kind of Unfairly in a lot of situations Where it could be An American problem and they they blame Black folks so it's really hard For me to even deal with the NRA Or that woman and her And her language On a on a on a program that doesn't give us enough time you know we don't really have enough time to explain why it is what it is but we are props to them and we have to give them up give them up for Lent like just make that your new year's resolution give <laughs> up <Lent. laughs> oh man who about you Mr. Elias oh i had to agree with Jerome on this one man the, uh, the you know the NRA uh Congress, none of these cats give a, give a rats about us, man, because they, they treat us that way, and we don't vote these people out of office, and now you know, if they don't, if they don't stop the gerrymandering, we're, we're in a world of hurt, man. Like I said, I, I want to see what's going to happen. I'm going to be interested to see what happened with these, these 18-year-olds in uh, Florida with Marco Rubio, because he told them flat, flat out, I'm still gonna take money from the NRA. I'm dead. I don't care. I'm still taking it. So let's see what happens. You know, we didn't even get to just talk about that. I mean, uh, we didn't. We, we didn't. We didn't get to just talk about that at all. I mean, it's just uh, you know that's the world we live in. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here. Um, uh, uh, matter of fact, what should we do at this point? Should we go straight? Into, I think maybe we should go straight yeah. to Chatterbox. I wanted to take a break because I want to go straight to Chatterbox. I want to make sure that we give. Jerome is time, and I don't want to 
go too much past the top of the hour because people are complaining. Oh, I, it cuts off and I can't hear it. Uh, well, yeah. I'm sorry. All right, so I'll tell you what. Let's go straight to Chatterbox. Let's do that. Let's change it. Let's, you know, it's live radio. Let's do what we do, baby. Let's do how we feel. All right, Mr. Elias, let's go to Chatterbox. Chatterbox is a uh, final thought from the uh, world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, who do you have? Let's read one or two, and I'll read two, and we can get straight into Jerome's segment. I got Covina, man. He says, Trump connections with his supporters grew from birthism. Black people need the Second Amendment more, Second Amendment more than any other group. We all know that Trump supporters are crazy, racist, and highly armed. Black people need a gun. It's not. It's, not, it's a no-brainer. He said, "Black people need guns." Yeah, black people need a gun. That's an. It's a no-brainer. And the Supreme look, Court look ruled on that after segregation. By the way, that's wow. why they won't put laws in place because black people were getting uh, victimized because they weren't armed. It was a Supreme Court ruling. After oh after the Civil War I'm sorry I said after segregation after the Civil War Civil War okay wow yeah. look look at Kavita listening to that same uh, Public Enemy tape that Jerome listens to every day before he come, every Sunday before he comes on the <laughs> show go like ahead man get him the band that you need to be listening to don't act like that never <laughs> a black fear of a black planet fear of a black planet <laughs> oh my God stop the dust I got you all right let me read let me read a couple here let me read one from uh. Frankie, Frankie says, why every week you guys are forcing me to change my voter registration card from Republican to dot, dot, dot. Frankie, I didn't know you were a Republican. Huh. Think about all the nice things I said about you. I'm just joking. All right. uh, (laughs) And I got to get the pastor. And I apologize to everyone else, but I got to get the pastor in. The pastor. Reverend Pastor Bishop Stephen Jones. Let me stop playing. Pastor Stephen Jones, Richmond, Texas. He says, every week you guys amaze me with your individual debates and commentary. He said, I love the Johnny, I said, I love, he said, I love the Johnny D thoughts. Okay. Uh, what a great example of black men trying to make a difference in our communities. God bless you all. You know what? We need that blessing. Thank you so much, Pastor. Appreciate you. But you know what time it is. I know what time it is. My favorite segment. The first lady dazzles on election night in a. Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. It is time for my favorite and Mr. Elias's favorite time of the show on a need to know basis with my main man, Jerome. Street man, Jerome, man, what do you have this morning? All right, of course, you know it is Black History Month, so technically yes. we have to start off with Black History. So on October 16, 1995, Nation of Islam minister, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, called over one million black men together in Washington, D.C. for a day of atonement and reconciliation. The day called for black men to take charge of their lives and communities by showing respect for themselves and devotion to their families. So if you don't know what the Million Man March is all about, that's what it was all about. And again, I was there, so DC Transit said that they sold over 1.2 million tickets on the three stops to the mall that day. There was an estimated 40,000 buses, and the students from um, the area schools actually marched over. Howard and all those guys actually came over. So we know... 1.2 million tickets got out on the stop of the mall for the Million Man March. 
That's not what they said, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they know how much money they made. I yeah. Tell you that. <laughs> I don't care what you say. They don't. They can count cash. That's so, it. You know. Now, so we're gonna have a twofer on our Black History because this one, since it's only in its second weekend, you know, Disney's Black Panther claimed the top spot in North American box office and set a, a I guess, a super heroic debut. debut of $243 million over the first um, four days um, during President's Day of the holiday. So that was number one of all time. Um, the worldwide hmm. total was 40... Even better than Star Wars? And um, Return of the Jedi. It, well, it's all of them in February. Like, so okay. it's just for that month. But they're second to Return of the Jedi. So, to date, though, they're actually at about um, $550 million. So, this, they received wow. that honor of the fifth largest three-day domestic opening in history. That's according to office, uh, Box Office Mojo. The, num- it, the film is number one opening in February in the winter. Um, President's Day releases the largest Monday opening with um, $40 million plus. The largest Thursday in February also. And beyond those charts... Black Panther places second only to Star Wars The Force Awakening as the second highest four-day gross of all time and the second largest Sunday of all time. Um, and they just missed Star Wars by $485,000. But here's how it goes. They debuted in 4,020 theaters. Black Panther per theater average for a three-day weekend was a massive Fifty thousand dollars per um, per theater. It's the third largest ever. Even more eye-opening than that. Black Panther theater count was the smallest amongst top fifteen openings of all time, and second only Furious Seven, the you know Furious whatever series, in the top twenty-five. It didn't even have as many theater wow. openings. Oh, and by the way, it's the largest opening in IMAX history as well. Mm-hmm. Boy, Jerome, we're going we're to do something that we normally don't do. Mr. Elias, Jerome, we have to give this a round of applause. Yeah. If you have not you wow, you need to go see it. You know what I mean? And Okay, uh, despite that, even internationally, wow. you know it don't even open in China until yeah. March 9th. Japan on March oh, look 1st. look at that. Look and at it, that. Wow. So it's not even, th- wow. that's probably why it's not even take, overtaking Star Wars yet. But just so that you know, it tops the growth <laughs> lifetime, tops the lifetime growth of all of the Marvel series, all of the DC comics, and all of the X-Men movies. All of them. Wow. Woo! <laughs> So we're talking Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all of them. And it's a great story. So yeah. go, go see Black Panther. And, hey, I'm sure next week I'll probably have some more astounding numbers because I actually went to see it again this weekend. So I know their numbers for two days, two consecutive weekends are still going to be high. But for Black History, that is now a Black History flag. That Black Panther topped everybody at the box office. Do we know the numbers for coming to America? Just by the, just out of curiosity. Coming to America, <laughs> um, actually, I do know that number. The, the number for coming to America was about um, 
I guess over their whole run was close to about two hundred million dollars. Black That's Panther what I thought. Okay. Black Panther knocked that out of the box over the weekend. Like the first week. Yeah. Joker wasn't so yeah, yeah. Okay, Jerome, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you know, here, here's the thing, I, and the reason, um, you know, we and we should talk about this at some point. But Black Panther, if you when you go see it, the 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 costume design, the um, Ryan Coogler, all of those guys as writers put a lot of history in Black Panther. Although it seems like a comic series, that's the only time you can really hide truth in this country is to put it in something that you think is fictional. (laughs) And they did a really good job of the imaging of Black Panther. So not only is it just a well-written movie, it is really nicely shot with with truth in it. So, hey, don't take my word for it. And that's the reason why I brought up that's the reason why I brought up Coming to America in all seriousness, because I remember uh, articles about Coming to America, you know, showing a black royal family. So that's the reason why I brought it up. But okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm but there, there's a lot of black people from, from African countries that are rich as heck. You know, I, I just had a conversation with someone, and, you know, I'm near one of the lo- a pretty large private university, and this kid from, I guess I shouldn't say what country he's from, but they have a house in Atlanta, of course, in his own country, and and the tuition is more than fifty thousand dollars, almost seventy thousand dollars a year. He gets no tuition assistance. Like they they just pay it flat out of pocket. So there's some, you know, we think of Africa as a country of being poor, but it's kind of what Black Panther is saying. Out of all of the Marvel comics, um, Black Panther is the wealthiest. That society is the most technologically advanced, and they have never been colonized. And the only country in the world in Africa that I know of is Ethiopia, who's never been colonized. That's why Wakanda is actually near, you know, the fictional country of Wakanda is near Ethiopia. Ethiopia has never been colonized. And that says something. What we could do if we were never colonized. So it's interesting. All right, so... You know, here's back to the sobering news of shooting. So since since we talked about that on the show, I'll give you um, a couple of stories that happened right after the Florida incident. Um, the Cameron um, Fire Park Cameron Park Firefighters Association in California was slammed after offering an AR-15 rifle as a main prize as a raffle in their annual yeah. fundraiser. Right. I saw that. South Lions High School in Michigan canceled its charity dinner after people complained that it was raffling uh, AR-15, the same gun used in Parkland, Florida. A third, third graders are still planning on raffling an AR-15 despite the backlash in Missouri after their baseball coach defended the $5 ticket fundraiser in the wake of that master saying the giveaway is a positive thing. They had four, another incident of selling AR-15 as a fundraiser at another school, and I can't remember the, the state that that was in. So we have one Michigan, Missouri, and California. That is a systemic problem against a certain demographic that they still need to deal with, right? We're yep. taking that on as a question in this program, but technically it ain't our demographic that has that problem. Yep. The school shooting problem, that is. All right, so California right. cops. 
um, also um, broke up a mass shooting plot in, um, at, at another high school at El um, Camino High School. Uh, I heard about that. Yeah, he was 17, and he said that they said that he, they found an arsenal of guns and ammunition at his home of a disgruntled student. That's what they called him, a disgruntled student. He would have been a doggone terrorist if he was in an yeah. uh, urban area. He's just yeah. a disgruntled student. All right, now, Florida lawmakers declare porn a public health risk, but they shut down mm. the vote ban assault weapons. In the same session, yep. porn is a public health risk, but having a FAAR 715, that's not that bad as porn, apparently. Now, a Republican lawmaker um, near Utica, near upstate New York, uh, she's facing her public blacklash as she was on radio after the shooting, and she said in a statement of uh, that um, it's interesting that so many of these people committing mass murders murders end up being Democrats. She calls herself the yeah. You know what? I saw that ridiculous statement. Oh yeah. my god. She's she's crazy. She's gonna she's gonna lose obviously, but she is crazy because you know people come out in the closet after a while, and she said I don't I don't um retract my statement at all. And and while we're on while we're on that, you know, I'm gonna end our gun-toting segment by, uh, with a quote from Sam Jackson this week. He said, can someone tell, um, can someone that's been in a gunfight tell that MF Donald Trump that there's flaws in his plan? That's Donald That, my friend, is Sam Jackson. Oh, I thought you were going to quote his other famous line. Say what? Say what again? <laughs> no, no, no. This, this is his actual quote from, uh, from this week. I know. Yeah. <laughs> What again? That, that's what he should have said to um, that that fool. Claudia is her name. All right, now Democrats snatched a Kentucky state seat from Republicans after, um, you know, uh, a, a new special primary of uh, yep. a guy who committed suicide, uh, you know, amidst his sexual abuse allegations. And um, again, I think this is 36 when a Democrat. To about four or six wins to Republicans since Donald Trump got elected. Right? Wow. We're the 30s and they're down. So say what you want to say about that wave coming in. Anybody who says nobody saw this coming has lost their mind. Now, <laughs> now Mueller, of course, indicted of indictment claims that Russian meddling in the campaign was an attempt to suppress black voter turnout. Now, this is buried in the 18-page, it's on page 18 of the 37-page indictment that was released last Thursday. Now, as part of Mueller's ongoing investigation into the Russian meddling of the um, 2016 election, they're saying that the defendants began to encourage U.S. minority groups not to vote in 2016, um, presidential election, and Mueller cites the alleged Russian-controlled Instagram account. Now, get this: "Woke Black" is a Russian account, which posted a particular yeah. type of hate towards. Yeah, they've been doing. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was misleading the people and forcing blacks to vote for what they called Hillary. So yeah. they were 
mm. you know, get people to vote third party as well. So they said we cannot resort to a lesser of two devils, right? Then we'd um, surely be better off with not voting at all, is what that Russian yep. controls. Now, in another Russian controlled account called Blacktivist, it was hosted, yep. it hosted a Russian purchase. Um, sponsored um, post that urged voters to support Green Party candidate Jill Stein. Now, yep. again, Jill Stein um, was at some dinners in Russia with the Russians, too. And Jill Stein was like, oh, they're lying. So now I don't I don't trust Jill Stein's ass just like I don't. No, she was there. She was there. But she was saying that we just made this up. So now your Green Party candidate and the Republican candidate is all hawking the same thing, which means that the Russians was in this deep. Now, MSNBC's Joy Ann Reed was targeted by Russian trolls uh, also. Now, Law and Crime report that the raw data indicates that there are 267 tweets, retweets from Reed's uh, account for the Russian farms, for those troll farms. And in mm-hmm. They only had a handful of Son Hannity retweets. They were targeting, the Russians were targeting Joy Reid from MSNBC. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So as more information emerged from the probe, uh, especially on social media, it is believed that the Russian trolls tried to get in good with the black community by pretending to be black activists. One of the most successful accounts run by the Russians is called, get this, For My Squad. They was really (laughs) good at black people. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Which they yeah. said they garnered hundreds of thousands of responses, reblogs, replies, and likes with every post. So they had a um, um, video of some black girl being sexually assaulted by a police, and they had a false claim that it was by the NYPD. And they said there was no evidence that any of the activists interv- um, interacted with the Russian trolls had knowledge of their true identity. And on Sunday, Joy Reid re, um, retweeted this last week. Russian, Russia has played a game, this game before, pretending to empathize, empathize with black Americans' plight as a way of playing them and stripping them of their rights. The Russian government is not our friends, none of us. And I say that with the NRA as well. So that was Joy Reid. Mm. All right. Um, really quick while I was... Um, on the Black Panther, you know, um, South American veteran actor uh, John Kenai is um, was highly responsible for the Zosa language, official language of um, the fictional fictional country of Wakanda in that Black Panther movie. So he had his son in that movie with him, and the director said gave him a line to say to his son. He said, "Well, if I'm from an African country, why wouldn't I speak in African language?" So he um, he said, um, you know, well, you can speak in your language. And he actually chose this language that Lupita Nwongo said was quite a challenge because the Zosa language is one of the hardest languages on the planet. But 19 million people speak that language. And so to his surprise, playing the Black Panther's father, Sam McBoseman, when he spoke the language to him, he responded in, in Zosa as well. Or Zosa, mm. I think is what it's pronounced. But he said he used to um, 
he worked with a South African crew. <laughs> so he actually knew the language which shocked them. Chapman Bozeman is talented beyond belief. He's also pretty good in martial arts in real life. That just wasn't him acting. So don't roll hmm. up on Chapman Bozeman, by the way. Just because he played James Brown, he'll still probably, probably beat you down. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. He did play James Brown. Um, yeah, hey, good Marshall up, They said he just cleared five hundred to make five hundred twenty million dollars worldwide. Oh uh, yeah, and that's the estimate. So by the time they come out with the real numbers by about Tuesday, that number they've underestimated Black Panther last uh, last weekend. They didn't. They it outperformed the estimate of about one hundred and ninety. Um, seven million dollars or so, and got up to um, two hundred and forty-two million. So that estimate is still just an estimate since we're still in the weekend. They're estimating how much they're going to make. But yeah, it's it's already up there because the international it's numbers are it. It's it's doing its thing. All right, Joel, we have time for one more, man. Do you have uh, one more good one in your bag? Of one tricks? more. All right, my bad. Okay, I I did want to say, give me two really quickly. Save the children. All right, got it. Yes, Save the Children, um, UNICEF, Oxfam, which is another charity, and the Red Cross have all fired people for sexual misconduct in African countries and Haiti and all of these other mm. countries that they were having orgy sex parties with what? the charity's money while they were supposed wow. to to these countries. So they were actually mm. holding back people's supplies unless they had sex with them. Wow. Yeah. In in the words of the princess from Black Panther, colonizer is what what she calls him. (laughs) Thank you very much. That was my Black Panther tribute. Now, here's the thing. There's a a new plastic surgery that's going on, and it has doubled in recent years. So experts say that due to social media and people having more awareness of their body, people are doing belly button plastic surgery. Oh, boy. Yeah, that just shows what? that you have way too much money. Like, I'm just saying, if you, if you want your belly button to look nice, but you're paying a lot of money for plastic surgery, I mean, I thought the lip butt injection stuff was out, but and, and <laughs> your eyebrow lifts and all of that, belly button surgery is a new thing. It's hot in the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was hot. <laughs> well, thank, well, thank you. And that's uh, the Hollywood right. Entertainers Report. By my main man, <laughs> Mr. Jerome is free. <laughs> Take Take and, uh, and on that note, Jesus Christ. It's been a great show this morning, folks. Uh, it's been a very informative show, but it's time for final thoughts. And Jerome, man, the floor is yours. Final thoughts. You know, I, I just want everybody to keep in mind that, you know, everything is as it should be. So all of these things that are in the world that are opening your eyes to what is really there don't be too disgusted by it but just feel blessed that you can now see it because it wasn't like it wasn't happening we just have an opportunity to see it and address it don't let it affect your morality or your ethics to know that there's unethical or um, people who are not moral out here so everybody have a good week but don't let this stuff um, make you have a bad day everybody have a good week well said, my brother. See you next week. Mr. L.A.S., man, he gets the first and last word. Final thoughts, sir. Look, folks, get out and vote. If you don't want the same thing you've been getting all along right this year, get out and vote. The January Mandarin looks like it's going to subside. 
and it's disappearing in Pennsylvania. And look what happened in Virginia and Alabama. Get out and vote, folks. Get out and vote in droves. That way you have something to say. You have something to voice. It's the final thoughts from Johnny D. True freedom is being able to voice your thoughts and ideals while exercising choice. Let's choose to build our community and build the leaders and servants God has destined us to be. Very broadcast and love, love you too, uh, Hawk. And my final thoughts are uh, I just pray for all the victims of uh, gun violence, and I hope that at some point in time people will wake up and smell the coffee and understand that what is going on is wrong. But what do we expect, folks? I mean, one of their own got shot, uh, and they didn't do anything about it. So, you know, maybe this is what they feel in their hearts. Who knows? And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of it, Jay. Round show. Folks, God bless you. Keep your eye on the prize. George Bush was one of the worst presidents in this nation's history. So for Johnny D, for my main man, uh, Mr. Elias, and for my man, the smartest man in the world, Jerome Esprit, I'm Jay Riles saying have a great weekend. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. See you next week. God bless, guys. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.